Greetings and welcome to WLRN's special edition on the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference, set to happen in Ahmed, Wisconsin, the first weekend in June 2018. I'm Jenna DeQuarto, member of the team at WLRN that produces a monthly feminist news program to break the sound barrier. I am happy to be narrating this special edition that highlights the works and speakers at this exciting yearly event. The Midwest Women's Herbal Conference was founded by Linda Conroy seven years ago to bring women herbalists and plant enthusiasts together to share skills, knowledge, and to build our women's community. In today's program, you will hear excerpts from interviews WLRN reporter Thistle Pedersen did with Dr. Tirone Lodog. Dr. Lodog has over 35 years of experience practicing all kinds of medicine, including herbalism, and will be a keynote speaker at this year's conference. In addition, stay tuned for interview excerpts with Isla Burgess, another keynote speaker at this year's conference, who hails from New Zealand. There is also an interview segment with Linda Conroy, herbalist and founder of the conference, in addition to the wise words of Wapio, an instructor at this year's conference. Sekhmet Shiawal rounds out the program with her insightful commentary on the unique and historical relationship between women and medicinal plants, and why it's so important for women to gather to share plant wisdom. We'll start off today's WLRN special edition with excerpts from an interview Thistle did with Linda Conroy about the founding of the conference and her intention behind gathering hundreds of women together in the beautiful woods of Wisconsin. Linda Conroy dedicates her life to connecting with the green world. She's a practicing herbalist, providing herbal education, workshops, and apprenticeships, as well as individual consultations at Moonwise Herbs. You'll hear in the interview that there is only room for 400 conference goers, so consider getting your tickets sooner rather than later. Early bird pricing goes until April 1st. But keep listening to this special program for instructions on how to win a free ticket to the conference. Stay tuned. But now, here's that interview excerpt with Linda Conroy, founder of Midwest Herbal. What is it that inspired you to found the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference in Wisconsin? So I founded the conference seven years ago. We're going into our seventh year, which is really exciting. And I had moved to the Midwest probably about 13 or 14 years ago from the Pacific Northwest. And there was a women's conference that happened there, an herbal conference and another spirit, women's spirituality conference that I used to participate in. And I really missed those when I moved here. And so that was one factor. And those conferences kind of um, mentored me as an herbalist, as a woman on the planet, as you know, just in my life. 
And I thought, gosh, wouldn't it be wonderful for other women to have a space to go and be mentored and be in women's community? And then I also noticed that a lot of herbalists that I was meeting online, mostly, um, were all over the Midwest, a lot of them isolated in small communities, and they weren't meeting each other. They might talk to each other online, but they had never met each other in person. They hadn't spent time together. And so I thought, well, wouldn't it be great to have these women, um, including myself, actually get to sit down and have a meal together and share information and share resources. And so those things just coalesced um, seven years ago and um, we launched the conference and it's been going on ever since. And it really has been a great way to meet other women. Um, and it's turned into um, a bigger event than I had ever imagined. <laughs> oh, cool. How many yeah. women went last year? Well, the first year we had 140 women. And the retreat center where we held it the first year, we could only hold 140 women. So we had a waiting list. Um, so last year we had 400 women there. And that, too, is our capacity at our current location Mostly because our caterer, who orders local food and sources everything and makes it all from scratch, said she can't feed more than 400 people out of the kitchen that we're in. So, yeah. And we love the location and we love our caterer. And so we're um, capping. Look, we capped the conference at 400. Cool, yeah. Uh, Dr. Lodog mentioned the food a few times during her interview. So, yeah, it sounds like it's going to just be so delightful. How is the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference different than other women's events? When I moved to the Midwest, I really had got this sense of what it, why they call it the heartland. <laughs> I didn't grow up here. And I have to say, there's something very unique about most of the gatherings I go to here in the Midwest, and I think the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference really holds this too, is that it is the heartland. Like, there's something so heart-centered about it. And one of the things I like about the culture here is people love to visit. There's this visiting culture. And so the women come and visit in this way that... Even at other women's events I've been to where I didn't really feel that sense of, I'm so glad to be sitting here with you right at this moment. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. <laughs> so I think there's that real sense of community that um, just gets picked up. It's, almost, it's a little hard to describe, but it's just really welcoming. I've had women tell us that they really feel very welcomed. They feel like they're, that we're glad they're there. Um, some women are surprised by it. I've had women say, oh, everybody was so nice, as if people wouldn't be nice. And I think about how hard our society is on women, how much stress we live with, how much pressure we experience. And to go into a space where you can just kind of just let yourself be, somebody else feeds you this delicious, nourishing food, and you're learning, and you're taking in information, and you're also dancing and singing if you want to. And there's just a very celebratory nature yeah. um, to the conference. I know personally, I know, you know, I'm an organizer, and I founded the conference, but I so look forward to it every year. I'm really grateful to be able to be there and be participate. 
Do you have to be an herbalist to attend? Absolutely not. It's really exciting because there's so many other topics of workshops. Like we have a workshop, a pre-conference workshop with a woman named Judith Laxer, who is, she's her Reverend Judith Laxer, and she's going to be doing a workshop on the art of ritual. And she has often done our opening and closing ceremonies. And this year, we're actually going to do a large ceremony for all of the elders in the community. And so she's going to be leading that. And her class is going to help support that. They're going to learn about the art of ritual. We also have yoga classes. We have singing classes, drumming classes. And then from the herbal perspective, we have introductory herbal workshops people who just come and want to learn a little bit for their own health, their own care. And then we have advanced workshops as well for people who are actually wanting to deepen their dive into um, herbal practice. And we started two years ago, we started before the conference, we do three pre-conference immersions where you can actually take a deep three-day dive into an herbal topic. And this year we're offering a doula certification program for women to supporting birth. I know you were interviewing Wapio, and she does the doula training. She's a midwife, and she has just a great perspective on birth and how natural birth is and how we just need to be in attendance and witness. Like it isn't really, unless there's an emergency, it's not a medical condition. (laughs) And so she teaches the doula program, which is really wonderful, and the women really enjoy it. And then um, we have another um, deep dive workshop with Jody Noe, um, Dr. Jody Noe, she's a naturopath, um, on understanding the endocrine system. So for women who, a lot of women, either for their own health or who are in clinical herbal practice, learning about the endocrine system is really important. And then our third immersion is with Isla Burgess, who I believe you're gonna interview as well, And that's on plant relationships, relationship with the earth. She just wrote a book called The Biophilic Garden. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just really exciting. Her work is all about our relationship to the earth and the plants and how we can live in harmony with them Mm -hmm. in being an ally to the plants, which is an important thing for all of us, I think, to be looking at as we see, you know, the destruction of the earth, like coming back into right harmony and right relationship. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was a big question, (laughs) a lot of information, but there's just so many topics that women of all walks can, can access. And then we have a kids camp and a teen camp, Mm -hmm. so, um, you know. How old can the boy campers be? before they're not allowed to come anymore. So the boys come and participate from three, well, from birth, because mom, mama's babes in arms are welcome as well, um, but up until 11. And, uh-huh. then, and we actually, last year, I was so excited because you know, we're kind of, the, these boys come till 11, some of them come every year, and then they leave and they can't, you know, they're not able to come back. And so last year, the kids camp coordinators decided to create a, a ceremony for them. And so they took all the boys into the woods, they lit a fire, and they had a talking circle, and it was just the boys, and gave them that space. And so we felt like that was such a nice way to um, honor them and honor their participation and help them transition rather than them leaving and not understanding why they were leaving. Yeah. It was so beautiful, and I was so happy that we found a way. And that's one thing about being a seven-year-old conference. Like, we keep growing, we keep learning, we keep exploring, you know, about what 
we need to do to expand uh -huh. our contributions to the women that are coming to the conference and the you know and the kids too and the teens. You know, we're we're not perfect, so we're learning. We get insights, and we you know we're in process. And that's as it should be, right? We should all be yeah. growing and changing and learning and getting insights. So not only the women who are coming, but our team and, and those of us who have been working with the conference all this time, you know, getting better insights about how to do things, mm -hmm. how, you know, just the best approaches. And it's always evolving. Is there anything you'd like to say to our largely lesbian and radical feminist listeners? Mm-hmm. I would say that I, I think our relationship to the earth is so important. To me, you know, and you know, we say this sometimes, you know, just metaphorically, but I really believe it for myself, tangibly, the earth is our mother. I mean, she takes care of us, she feeds us, she's there for us time and time again. I mean, if I'm feeling, personally, if I'm struggling, if I'm lonely, if I'm, you know, just, or if I need to celebrate, like, I go to the plants, I go to the earth, and they're always there. It's always there. So that's the first thing. And then if you feel inspired to come out to the conference and share that with other women and be together and break bread and celebrate, you know, I'd really invite them to come on out and join us. Right on. And that goes for you East Coasters, too, out there. I know we have a lot of East Coast listeners. We have West Coast listeners. We have listeners in the Southwest. It's Really, it's for women from all over well, the actually, world, women, right? Women do come from all over the world. I mean, yes, we're called the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference, but... If you, what I said earlier was this is bigger than I ever imagined, and that is part of it is that women do come from all over the world. A woman came last year from New Zealand to do the doula program, and then she stayed for the um, you know into the weekend for the full conference as well. There was a woman who was living in China; she came last year as well. So you know, I mean, it's not just for women in the Midwest; it's for women. Uh, any women who, woman who wants to join us, absolutely. Right on. Thank you so much, Linda. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. The spirit of the plants has come to me in the form of a beautiful dancing green woman. The spirit of the plants has come to me in the form of a beautiful dancing green woman. Her eyes filled me with peace, her dance filled me with peace, her eyes filled me with peace, her dance filled me with peace. The spirit of the plants has come to me in the form of a beautiful dancing green has come to me in the form of a beautiful dancing green woman. Her eyes filled me with peace, her dance filled me with peace. Her eyes filled me with peace, her dance filled me with peace. The spirit of the plants has come to me and has blessed me with great peace. The spirit of the plants has come to me and has blessed me with
with great peace. Her eyes filled me with peace. Her dance filled me with peace. Her eyes filled me with peace. Her dance filled me with peace. The spirit of the plants has come to me in the form of a beautiful dancing green woman. That was The Spirit of the Plants by Lisa Thiel. Hey, Thistle. How's it going? Oh, hey, Jenna. I'm good. You, on the other hand, sister, you sound like you're sick. Yeah, I can't seem to shake this cold. I've been drinking a ton of fluids, but it just doesn't seem to be helping. I'm on my fifth Pepsi today. Pepsi? No wonder you're feeling sick. Here, have some of this freshly brewed herbal tea blend I learned about at the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference last year. That'll put you on the mend. Mmm, that tastes good. You think this might help me sleep? I've been up the past three nights with this cold. You might not be sleeping well because of all the caffeine in that sugary soda you are drinking. Glad you like the tea. There is some chamomile flower in this blend, an herb that helps us to relax and rest. Hey, maybe you should go to the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference taking place in Almond, Wisconsin the first weekend of June. Going to the conference last year really helped open my mind to the healing powers of natural herbs. (coughs) I can't do that. I need to save my money for the Pepsi and this cough syrup I got over the counter at the pharmacy. (coughs) It seems to be helping. Here, let me read the label on that syrup. (coughs) Jenna, there are so many ingredients in here that I can't even pronounce. And the syrup is bright smurf blue. What the heck is in this commercial stuff? I really think you need to go to the conference. It's the first weekend in June in the beautiful woods of Wisconsin. But I'm not an herbalist while I fit in. You don't have to be an herbalist to attend. There is something for everyone at the conference. And did you hear about WLRN's Midwest Women's Herbal Conference free ticket giveaway? Just send an email to wlrnewscontact at gmail.com telling the collective you are interested in the free ticket and you may be the lucky winner. A free ticket sounds fantastic. How do you win? Just send an email to wlrnewscontact at gmail.com. And if they get yours third, you are the lucky winner. That's wlrnewscontact at gmail.com. The third email they receive will be rewarded with a free ticket to the conference worth hundreds of dollars. Thanks, Thistle. I'm going to send that email to wlrnewscontact at gmail.com right now. Good luck, sister. Next up, in this interview segment, hear about the amazing life and work of New Zealander Isla Burgess. Miss Burgess just released a new book, The Biophilic Garden, Connecting People, Plants, and Inscape. She will be offering an intensive workshop pre-conference that will help participants to deepen their relationship to the natural world of plants and plant medicines. There's a real emphasis in your work on relationships and relating with plants. Could you talk just a little bit about that? It is a conference that is dedicated to women and the plant world. Now, I want to 
reverse that and say the plant world <laughs> or the world of plant and the women that inhabit that world. And that is really the focus of my three-day intensive that runs prior to the conference on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And that intensive is about the experiencing the different ways, the different processes that we can bring into our lives that enhance our ability to perceive and be with and understand those other beings' ways, i.e. their lives. And trying in as much as we can, because we're at the core of our beings, pretty human-centric, trying to cross that world and experience a part of their world. Now, some plants don't allow that access, just like people, and some are very open. And I get a pretty good idea pretty quickly about what ones are going to be easy and um, are open to humans uh, being a part of their world and what ones aren't. And this is actually also the subject of my latest book um, that just came out before Christmas and it's called The Biophilic Garden connecting people, plants, and inscape. And I've used a couple of words there that aren't actually in common usage, biophilic. And that was a term that was coined by an evolutionary biologist called Edward O. Wilson. And his use of that word, biophilia, gives an understanding of the subconscious or unconscious desire that all humans have to engage and be a participant in the in the natural world and that word inscape is about engaging in the world in which you live whether that be a tiny garden in the middle of a city or whether it be on a very large area of very wild land like mine. So I'm bringing a lot of what I wrote about in the projects and processes in the Biophilic Garden into that three-day workshop. It is purely participatory, experiential, and anyone can come and be a part of that. And what kind of activities can women expect when they go to the three-day intensive? Will they be searching for plants out in the field that speak to them and reporting on what these plants say? Or will you be sitting quietly with plants and listening for certain things or sensing or trying to sense certain things that you've experienced through time since you've been doing this for a while? I have a little bit of a problem about the words the plants speak to me. It's 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 about our understandings. And in my experience, the more we develop our organs of perception and even create new ones, then the more we get that sense of what that plant is about. Now whether a person converts that into words because they must have words in order to understand, 
that's their issue. That isn't about the plant, in my experience. But there is no doubt that the more time we spend honing and fine-tuning those organs of perception, the more we understand and get what that plant is about in its life. So a lot of the workshop is trying to get outside of ourselves, putting our own stuff out of the way in order to have a clearer experience. Now, this can't happen in three days, but the, the various activities and projects, and a lot of it is active, are what people can take away with them and incorporate into their own lives. Earlier, before we turned on the recorder, I was asking you my burning question about the relationship that women have in particular to the world of plants or the relationship that the world of plants has with women and in particular compared to the relationship with men. And you commented that you didn't think it was inherent within us, biologically speaking, that there's like a, some sort of hierarchy of like women have this special relationship with plants that men don't have or can't have. But you did begin to start talking about, generally speaking, like that male culture is different in how it relates to nature and plants than how women or female culture has evolved and developed uh, with the world of plants. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, so what I went on to say there was that I didn't think it was gender specific. What it was more about was ways in which we act in the world and are in the world and the degree of care we take. Because I also mentioned that I'd just been reading this extraordinary book by a, a male biologist um, called The Songs of Trees. And he's only one of many, but increasingly i think there is a general shift in the world so generally speaking i said that men generally speaking tend to want to control the world around them more and see the earth and the planet as a resource to make money from Generally speaking, because it's certainly not true of all women, but generally speaking, women have a different relationship with the land. And generally speaking, that means there is a little bit more care in that relationship. Does that mean men aren't great gardeners? No, they are. But not all men are. And I was giving more a focus on the bigger picture of that rather than seeing that there is a change happening in the world. There are more and more people writing about the relationships, the importance of spending time, of taking care with the world in which we find ourselves. And, you know, we're just starting to see these huge changes in climate and huge losses of biodiversity around the planet and we've got to shift that around if, if human beings are going to survive not from an arrogant we need to survive at all cost perspective but in a way that encourages participation in that world that biophilic experience thank you and that biophilic 
culture that you're talking about or relationship, that seeking of a relationship with the natural world that is biophilia. Our Western kind of capitalistic culture hasn't really been like that. And so what's causing this shift back to biophilia, which is more of our natural state? Is it the crisis, the climate change crisis? Are people waking up because the natural world around them is changing and it's alarming? And so there's like a shift that's happening because of that? Or what do you think is making this shift happen? Well, you know, I think because we've so evolved over time and again at the, uh, at the conference, um, I'm giving a keynote on the plant-person relationship. And in this presentation, I'll be looking at all the different ways in which plants and people have co-evolved and become a part of each other's lives. And you're right, it's the Western capitalistic culture that separated that and saw humans much more as the, the watcher, the controller, the, you know, the manipulator. But somewhere in the core of our beings, we know that the survival, that our survival is a co-evolutionary process ahead. And we're the ones that are causing the destruction right now. So somewhere in that deeper, deeper connection that is that began right at the beginning of human life on the planet, that deeper connection, I think we know it's wrong. And you see this, I, I think, increasingly in this, the disturbance in a lot of young people. They know something is fundamentally wrong, but they don't know what it is. And we are increasingly being made aware of the species destruction. So, for example, just in the medicinal plant world, currently between 20,000 and 50,000 medicinal plants are at risk of extinction right now, largely due to human activities on the planet. And they're multifactorial, of course, but, you know, that when you think of that just of the medicinal plant species and then relate that back to all the organisms that are dependent on those plants, not just us, then the ripple down effect is huge. Yeah. Wow. So it's important for plant lovers to gather and to talk about getting closer to a biophilic relationship with the plant world and life around us as, as we go through this, this huge shift. It's a physical shift that we're going through with the climate change, you know, and I think it impacts us so much psychologically and uh, on a deeper level that a lot of us might not be aware of in our daily lives, but that our animal self is aware of it. And and so thank you for for your work. And I I hope that lots of women are listening to this right now, living in the Midwest or outside of the Midwest. I hope 
you're listening to this and you um, will go to the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference and sign up for Isla's workshop. And um, is there anything else you'd like to say, Isla, to our largely radical feminist and lesbian feminist listeners? I think that women have a huge role to play ahead. And the more demonstrative we can be, I think the better off the planet's going to be. There is one other thing, perhaps. I mean, we're at the very, very early stages of this, but um, uh, uh, Linda Conroy, who runs the conference, and I have been talking over the last year about creating a women's global land project. And in a project such as this, and hopefully it'll grow out a little bit more out of this coming conference, but in a project such as this, we would be supporting women on the land where increasing biodiversity is a key consideration. And that we will be developing over time. Maybe we can have a, you know, another talk about that in, say, a year or so uh, when we're, we're more fully ready. Um, maybe even less uh, time than that, <clears throat> about that project. At the Midwest Women's Herbal, the gathering is amazing. It's a, it's a joyful occasion. And the teachers there are superb. They're committed women. The organisers have done an amazing job in the past. And it's why I keep <laughs> going back. <laughs> um, I'll also be doing a, a, a presentation with the Women's Health Focus uh, at that conference, which has been my area of, of expertise as a practitioner. Um, and I'll also be running some early morning plant connections through drawing and, and so on. And people do come from all over the States for that conference and even outside of the States. So I think to, to be aware that this is happening and um, it is always a fantastic occasion and the food is stunning as well, it would, you know, encourage people to come. Right on. Thank you so much, Isla Burgess. You have a wonderful, I don't know if it's, yeah, it's morning there for you. Have a wonderful rest of the morning. Yes. I was going to say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And yeah, I enjoyed talking with you. We're an unsuccessful species. Yeah, we're going to die. And now there's not much time left. Not for you, not for I. Wish I'd woven a basket while I was still here. I wish I'd listened closer to the waters running clear. But no, I drove my car straight into the sea. And now there's not much time left. Not for you, not for me.
an unsuccessful species just running off a cliff Launching lifeboat madness on a collective sinking ship The sea keeps getting closer, yeah, our poor die on the deck And now there's not much time left, but there's enough time yet To be more Thistle Patterson with her song, We Are More. Hey, haven't you heard? The 7th Annual Midwest Women's Herbal Conference is being held this June in Almond, Wisconsin, and WLRN wants to give you the chance to attend for free. Just send us an email at wlrnewscontact at gmail.com today. The third submission we receive is our lucky winner. Your winning ticket gives you the chance to join our sisters for a three-day gathering of the feminine in the Wisconsin woods with a wide spectrum of internationally acclaimed herbalists and earth-based speakers, plant walks, topics including herbs for family health, wild edibles, fermentation, permaculture, movement, herbal wisdom, the wise woman ways, and much more. So what are you waiting for? Send us that email at wlrnewscontact at gmail.com. Best of luck, sisters. We're so excited to announce the lucky winner of that free ticket to the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference this June. Stay tuned and we'll make the announcement as soon as that email hits our inbox. That email address again is wlrnewscontact at gmail.com. Send us an email now. To continue with today's special edition, I am very pleased to introduce this next interview segment Thistle did with Dr. Tyrone Lodog. Dr. Tyrone Lodog's exploration of natural medicine began more than 35 years ago as she studied midwifery, herbal medicine, massage therapy, and martial arts before earning her medical degree from the University of New Mexico School of Medicine. An internationally recognized expert in the fields of integrative medicine, dietary supplements, and women's health, Dr. Lodog was appointed by President Bill Clinton to the White House Commission on Complementary and Alternative Medicine Policy, served as the elected chair of the U.S. Pharmacopoeia Dietary Supplements and Botanicals Expert Information Panel, and was appointed to the Scientific Advisory Council for the National Center for Complementary and Alternative Medicine. You're giving a keynote called Life is Your Best Medicine. Can you just give us a little preview of that and then also other things that you'll be participating in at the conference? Sure. Well, I'm doing I'm doing a pre-conference immersion, um, which will be on aging, so optimal aging, and we're really going to sort of unpack where we are, especially for women, in how do we how do we maintain our health and our vibrancy and our well-being across the lifespan to really help ensure that when we get older that that we feel the best that we can. So we'll be talking a lot about you know what is the data on caloric restriction. Uh, where are we with protein and the controversy over that? Uh, is it good or bad as we get older? What about heart disease and osteoporosis? So that's a, that's a wonderful immersion that we're going to do before the conference really starts. That's a pre-conference immersion. And then that night, on Friday night, I'm doing Life is Your Best Medicine, which was my first book that I did with National Geographic. And the, the title really is founded uh, from my grandmother. My grandmother... You know, she told me when I was a young girl, we were coming back from Medicine Lodge, Kansas, and we were driving home in the pickup truck, and she started talking to me about how 
in our life, it's really the way we live our lives that determines the quality of our life and also our health and the, and, and the way we feel. And, and I was a young child, but I remember distinctly her talking about, you know, that it's not just the food we eat, um, but it's the thoughts that we think, it's the relationships that we make. And in her own way, you know, this woman from, you know, southwest Kansas, from Oklahoma, who, you know, had an eighth grade education, was really setting the stage or planting the seeds for me at a very young age about what what would become known as holistic medicine or integrative medicine or a sort of a, a wise woman's approach to well-being. And so that keynote will be based off that 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 National Geographic book and really sort of talk about the that it's it's not so much the medications, it's not so much the 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 medicalization that has happened, especially in women's health, that really discusses uh, or or determines how we're going to you know live a vibrant life. It's really the everyday stuff. It's the everyday stuff, and sometimes that gets overlooked because you know it's not as sexy as all the the new stuff that's coming out, a lot of these are very old and, and, and very long-lasting truths. I mean, it's hard sometimes as women, you know, to, to kind of find the holy and the sacred in the everyday mundane of our lives. And, and so that keynote is one of my favorites, and, and it's based upon my National Geographic book, and I, I always dedicate it to my grandmother. And then I'm doing on the next morning, on Saturday morning, I will be doing a workshop as well. And it's uh, it's called the fire within, and that's basically an update on the many many ways modern lifestyle triggers within us this low grade kind of systemic inflammation in the body, and that we believe that low grade inflammation is what's driving so much of our chronic disease today, whether it's heart disease or arthritis or depression, um, intestinal leakage, or permeability. I mean, all of these things sort of have their roots in this disordered immune response and this this low-grade inflammation. So that's a fascinating talk. And again, that's going to be sort of very burning edge or cutting edge Mm -hmm. of information and science. So a lot of practical tips. You know, a lot of this is what can you do immediately for yourself, what can you do for your family, and if you're a clinician, you're an herbalist, a midwife, a nurse, a doctor, what could you take and and help other people with? So all of these talks will have inspiration and information that you can act on. So in talking about women's daily lives and our health, and this being the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference, can you talk a little bit about plants? Well, plants are, you know, plants provide so much for us. They they provide, you know, for our clothing. They provide for our medicine. They provide for the structures that we live in, that we call home and dwell in. Um, they provide beauty um, and harmony for us when we're out walking amidst them, whether it's in a garden or a forest or or out in a desert area. So plants themselves, uh, we have a long symbiotic relationship with plants. We we have co-evolved together, and so the relationship is deep and ancient. And, you know, for me, plants, I think we want to start as, as women and, and as men, but, but since we're specifically talking about women here, we want to make sure that we also start our children out at a very young age 
having a deep appreciation for the green, whether that's getting them out in the garden. You know, I, I have met the pickiest eaters whose parents have said, oh, they won't eat beans, they won't eat tomatoes, they don't like any of that, and they come out and they get out in our garden. We have very large gardens for both medicinal herbs and vegetables out at our ranch. And you get them out there and they're eating the peas right off, you know, they're, they're eating little cherry tomatoes, they're popping them in their mouth before they ever get back into the house. And it's very different you know, harvesting, growing, interacting with plants in nature than sort of in a sterilized package at the store. So keeping kids grounded and connected, I think, is is really important. And it's very important for the next generation because it's one of the antidotes to the over-connectedness of technology for Mm -hmm. kids to have that. Now, for women, I mean, we've over-medicalized and over-pathologize almost everything that has to do with being a woman, whether it's, you know, menstruation or premenstrual syndrome or pregnancy or menopause. We have over-medicalized just being female. And and so for me, I think plants offer this wonderful way of smoothing out the edges, of rounding out the edges of our lives where maybe we aren't sleeping very well or we are overtired from from the demands of of our lives. Many women work a lot in home, and then they're also trying to work outside the home, and they're trying to maintain relationships, and they're trying to do self-care, and they're trying to raise children. I mean, so it's it's a lot of demands on women. I think plants can be used to help us with our, our stress. It can help us with our mood. It can help round out those edges when it comes to the few days before our cycle or during menopause. You know, but for me, I, you know, I believe firmly in women sort of living in harmony with their menstruation and their menopause instead of always trying to squash symptoms or squash mm-hmm. those transitions. It's to actually, it's to actually embrace them and to recognize we're not, we're not the same every single day, that, that we ride the waves, those cycles of our mm-hmm. hormones and, uh, and to fully embrace that. And plants help us do that. Yeah. What would you say to the barely budding herbalist? Will she get some practical tips at this conference, you know, or or is it more for women who have already studied herbalism and are practicing medicine? Well, the conference has something for everybody. So it has for beginners and, and, you know, people who want to go on some herb walks and learn some identification who, you know, who don't really know that much about plants. And, you know, there's there's teas, there's herbal teas served throughout. So it's like you're getting to taste them and, and learn how to blend them and, and mix them and, and what they taste like. Um, so there's a lot of practical kind of information for, for people from beginners through more elder herbalists who've been at this a long time. But I would also say that the best way for young or, or people who are new to something, is go hang out with people who've been doing it a long time. You should not be intimidated if you're if you're just starting to learn about this, going and being with people who've done it a long time, because now you're with people who, you know, just by osmosis, hanging around with them, mm-hmm. talking to people during the breaks, you're going to be getting all kinds of tips. The food is fabulous. They have great food at the conference, and a lot of great speakers. And I believe that part of women coming together for these gatherings is literally just to come together, for women to come together and have time where they're immersed with one another and sharing, 
sharing their experiences. I, I learn from everybody all the time. There's there's something everybody can teach somebody. So I would say rather you're somebody that's been doing this for a very long time or you're somebody who's just dabbling your toes in it, you know, come on out. It's a great conference. That's wonderful. Yeah, you're in the company of all of these women on all of their paths and their journeys, and they all kind of weave together and create an atmosphere. And I know that Linda Conroy is very into creating a, a bubble of protection and, uh, uh, and that it's a safe space. And so thank you for that description. Yeah, it's a safe space, but it's also a, a very natural space. I don't, you know, it's like, you know, do you feel safe? Of course. But it's also, you know, a, a little, it, it, it allows everybody to stretch and, mm. to, and for women, you know, uh, to hoot and holler a bit and dance and I mean, it, it just allows for all of that so that it's a, it's a place for women to truly be who they are. And that's, that's important. I think it's important for women to come and, and to be able to share on so many different levels. Women who have decided to give birth to children. Other women who chose not to give birth to children, but to give birth to a career. I mean, it, it's, it's the acceptance and the expression of the many, many faces and ways in which women express their uniqueness in the world. And that is the purpose of a women's gathering, is to really come and honor, you know, our different choices and our, our, our and celebrate the differences as well as the commonalities. So I, I love it. I think it's a great place. There's, there's um, wonderful teachers but my experience of being there before, the food is also amazing, just so you know. <laughs> the food is fabulous, so you're going to, you know, you're going to get great food while you're there. But it really is a place of long conversations, of long walks, of, you know, sitting up late and, and talking and listening to each other, not just talking at, but actually listening, creating space for that. So I think that you'll learn a lot. There's going to be a lot of health information. There's going to be a lot about the plants, a lot about the herbs, but a lot about life. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 that's that's what happens when you bring a great you know great group of women together. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to happen up there in early June.
song was Corn Mother by artist Lisa Thiel. Hey sister, how'd you like to attend this year's Midwest Women's Herbal Conference in Almond, Wisconsin, June 1st through 3rd for free? Send us an email at wlrnewscontact at gmail.com now and you may be the lucky winner. With your winning ticket, join your sisters for a three-day gathering of the feminine in the Wisconsin woods with a wide spectrum of internationally acclaimed herbalists and earth-based speakers, plant walks, topics including herbs for family health, wild edibles, fermentation, permaculture, movement, herbal wisdom, the wise woman ways, and much more. So, what are you waiting for? Send us that email to wlrnewscontact at gmail.com. The third email wins. Buena suerte, bonne chance, and good luck. And now, here are the wise words captured in an interview with Wapio about her workshop presentation at the conference. Wapio is an elder midwife and educator. In 2001, she founded the Matrona, where she teaches holistic midwifery and a holistic doula program that is designed to bring birth consciousness to the masses. Wapio continues to direct the Matrona, now a nonprofit organization, and to teach birthing wisdom, peacekeeping skills, and the value of altered states of consciousness. What got you interested and involved with the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference? Well... Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, herbal conferences began to change a little bit. And what they began to do was expand their perspective and expand their horizon and talk about more than just herbs, okay? More classes on healing, more classes on other complementary modalities to healing, such as um, energy medicine, stone medicine, uh, homeopathy, things like that. And then... The herbal conferences got to be a forum, I think, for women to talk about things that really matter. And that's birth, death, life, healing, sex, herbs are part of that as well. But I think because the herbal conferences have expanded their perspective to include so many different women's issues and things of interest to women, that that's why I got involved. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm not a, an herbalist per se. I'm a midwife, really, but it's my thing, yeah. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about your background in female medical practice? Maybe <laughs> that's what we could call it. It's an offshoot of women's health, right? Yeah, and I would say holistic before I would say medical, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, um, for many years, I was interested in homeopathy. I raised my children on homeopathy. I also use plant medicine, of course. There's nothing that, nothing tones and nourishes like a plant, okay? So I was always interested in holistic medicine, and uh, then I, I, I decided to become a midwife, all right? I became a midwife at the birth of my first child, and uh, that was like 35 years ago. So I came through the apprenticeship route, which I'm very happy that I did, uh, I apprenticed for three years with a, a local midwife, and then I opened my own practice. And this is back in the 80s, all right? I was apprenticing in the early 80s. 
And uh, basically, I became a midwife because back then it was not really a clinical or medical practice. It was more of a holistic practice, women helping each other, you know, learning as much as you can about the physiology of birth, having some experience, and then sitting with women and families in a very transformative experience rather than, for me, a clinical or particularly medical experience. So I'm not a nurse midwife or a hospital midwife or a doctor midwife, I mean a, a licensed midwife. Mm-hmm. So that's just my, my background today, all right? And I, te- I teach homeopathy. I teach midwifery. I uh, also teach things like conflict resolution and peacekeeping. And I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And what will you specifically be doing at the conference? Well, I'm going to talk about sexuality, all right? um, When I go to conferences, I often do talk about sexuality. Uh, I'm going to talk about sex as a path to the divine. I'm also going to do some homeopathy. I've noticed that homeopathy, to me, homeopathy is definitely the medicine of the future, and homeopathics and herbs work well together. So uh, I thought we would bring a little bit about just what is homeopathy and how does it work, and should we really be looking at this? Yes, we should. All right, and then I'm going to do something on quantum biology in the sense that um, knowing your physiology, knowing your body, will be actually when you know your body if you if you can resonate the blueprint of what your body can do i feel like it makes healing so much easier all right mm-hmm. so those are the three classes i'm offering quantum physiology sex is a path to divine and homeopathy as uh, medicine of the future yeah i'm really curious about the sex of the path to the divine because as you know, we live in a world where women's sexuality is objectified and women are exploited sexually. And so, you know, there's a lot of, like, problematics around women's sexuality and and pleasure. And so how are you going to be teaching this class in that, you know, it's it's outside of that context, right, because it's a women's gathering and only women are there. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. that creates maybe a vehicle and a safer space for women to be able to open up and talk about their sexuality. I'm, I'm just curious about that workshop in particular. Could you talk a little bit more about it? Sure. And this will, you're absolutely right. I think having a woman's space, all right, where women can um, not feel observed, and objective, as you said, objectified, but even just observed in talking about their sexuality, um, I think we go deeper, all right? I think we go um, much deeper. I think that, uh, and I also think that, that the class that I'm doing, you know, it's, it's more about, as I say, as you say, the path to the divine rather than, you know, healthy touch or how to orgasm or things like that, which are important um, and relevant. But I'm taking it in, in the, in the realm of how to work with your sexuality for transformation, for, uh, not only pleasure, but for wisdom. And not only wisdom, but for health and longevity. And, um, not only that, but for balance in our lives. As a, you know, years ago when I would do homeopathy, uh, consulting and things like that, 
um, I learned that, that sometimes when a woman would come and tell me a lot of what was going on with her, I would ask something that you might consider very unrelated. I would say, how's your sex life? You know, how are you, how is your sexual experiences? Are you fulfilled? And women would say, well, I don't really know if that has anything to do with it, but, but no, I'm not fulfilled. And, and no, sex is, you know, not, not a joyous thing in my life. So I began to realize that there was more to healing than just, you know, a list of symptoms and what's wrong with you. And I'm, I mean, we know all of that. We know about the emotional and psychological, you know, ramifications of uh, how you feel emotionally and psychologically to the body. But I feel that women aren't transforming through their sexual experiences, and we deserve to transform. It is an act of power. It's mm-hmm. an act of divine power to declare that your sexual needs be met. And I mean in a fulfilling and joyous and transcendent way, not just biologically. So I have been talking about this for years, about how um, sex is a path to the divine. And when you are in touch with the divine, I feel you're about as healthy as you can be. And and so what we'll do in this class, uh, we'll talk a little bit about altered state because when we are communing with the divine, we are actually not in ordinary reality anymore. And I think we all know this, that you can have the kind of sexual experience that takes you into the cosmic realms, if you will, takes you into altered states, all right? So that's kind of what we'll be talking about, how to get into those altered states, all right, and use, and I don't want to say use, but work with your sexual energy as um, a conduit to wisdom and knowledge and understanding and revelation mm-hmm. from uh, the divine. Well, I'm just noticing in, in all of the way that you're speaking about this that there's no shame at all that's being expressed. It's like this is something we're all born with. It's a powerful force. We can use it to benefit ourselves and our health and achieve states of consciousness that are beneficial and that there's no shame in that at all, you know. And I think that's really important for women because, you know, as you know, within a lot of patriarchal religions, women are well, in all of them, right? Women are ashamed for our sexual desires and our sexuality. Yes, you're absolutely right. And women are actually made to submit their sexuality to to another, actually, okay? It's mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes, it's, it's not about a woman receiving the benefits of sexuality. It's often, a, you know, women feeling used, as you said, objectified, shamed, all right. All that goes away when you are looking at sex as a transcendent experience. Okay? That, that anyone one. anyone can tap into that with time and practice and, you know, uh desire to do it. Desire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's 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 our birthright. It's like the voice we speak using our voices and sure some people are born without the use of their voice and they're but as a species 
that's that's something we all have in common and I think our sexuality is like that too you know like people these days think of th- th- there's a term called asexual that mm-hmm. some people believe that they're asexual and I just I don't know I just can't I can't go along with that I don't believe that I think it's something that's in in us all mm-hmm. well when you consider the fact that when you were born, it was the culmination of a sexual act. I mean, sex was there from the very beginning. Yes. <laughs> and every man was born and every woman was born. Every We, we both had the same exact entry onto this planet. Men are not born differently. You see what I mean? So sex is like second nature to us. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Right. On this planet, it's so interesting to me that I think if someone came to this planet who had never been here before, they would have thought, oh, well, they're using their bodies really well, and oh, they're using their emotions, and oh, they're thinking really well. But, but when it comes to sex, I can't figure these people out or this species out, you know? They're mm-hmm. afraid of it or ashamed of it or, um, you know. Uh, or pairing it with violence. Ooh, yes, you that's know? true, too. Yes, there, yes, of and course. And so, I mean, really, when when you talk about pairing sex with violence, you're talking about rape culture, which, you know, radical feminists and lesbian feminists, which are the majority of our listenership to this particular radio station, are very interested in analyzing and being able to overcome rape culture. And so, you know, being able to move away from the mainstream ideas and notions of sex and into our birthright and the natural state of being that, that you're talking about, you know, right from the very start, as when you're born, that's the culmination of a sexual act. I think it'll be really good for women to hear that there's going to be this workshop at the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference, and it's going to be a place where women can explore deeply and and without shame. Is there anything else you would like to say to our WLRM listeners? Well, let's see. Just be well (laughs) and be wild (laughs) and be yourself. And I feel like that's the best way to be healthy. And thank you for having me, and I'm absolutely honored to be able to be talking to you. You are listening to WLRN. To conclude WLRN's special edition on the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference, Sekhmet Shiawal takes it away with her special commentary on the importance of women's gatherings to explore health and wellness and the unique history of women and plants. Women all over the world have had a relationship with plants as far back as we can trace. We've used plants for food, medicine, ritual, adornment, trade, color, and spiritual rites. Women learned through experimentation what plants could do for people, when plants were all we had to heal and preserve life. Herbalism is a part of women's history and culture, a part that belongs to all of us, even if we have no personal connection to women with herbalist knowledge. We all have the right to access this knowledge, whether we use it or not. 
Working with plants connects us to the earth and helps us understand and appreciate life. When we learn to identify and use plants, we can better perceive our place in the ecosystem and know that we live with and amongst all other life forms, not apart from them. Men would have us distrust nature as we now distrust our own bodies and instincts. Contemporary mainstream culture characterizes nature as primitive instead of fundamental. Human beings are supposed to leave the natural world behind to advance into a reality dominated by high-tech machines. After spending millennia living in close relationship with the Earth, we're expected to turn our backs on it and put our faith in the artificial, the mechanical, the lifeless. We're supposed to forget the wisdom of the women who came before us. Whatever isn't endorsed by men with postgraduate degrees supposedly can't be trusted. But so many women around the world know better. They continue to carry on the relationship with plants that their female ancestors passed on to them. Present-day herbalism proves the earth still has value to offer us. Value that can't be found in a pill or machine. Of course, science and modern medicine are useful, even life-saving. But wise women know that what nature has to offer cannot be replaced, and continues to be just as vital now as it always was. Allopathic medicine and doctors don't have all the answers. Women continue to suffer physical, mental, and emotional health issues for which there is no allopathic cure, but plant-based medicine can often fill this gap and offer us relief we wouldn't otherwise get. To find this relief, we must be willing to trust female wisdom no matter how much society dismisses it. Women coming together to commune with nature create a powerful energy in their own lives. Plant knowledge has been passed down from one generation of women to the next in every culture for centuries, whether as medicine or magic, and we need that communal tradition now more than ever. When we gather for a purpose like the Women's Herbal Conference, we share knowledge that can't be found or fully understood on the internet or in books and we affirm each other's wisdom and relationship to the earth. We learn from each other, support each other, and inspire each other to keep seeking solutions in nature. When we gather to study and experience plant life, nature not only provides healing in the plants, but in our interaction with other women. Herbalism nurtures the body, the mind, the spirit, and women's relationships with each other. That concludes WLRN's special edition on the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. I'm Sekhmet Sheowl. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to send us an email at wlrnewscontact at gmail.com for your chance to win a free ticket to the conference, where you'll gain friendships and experiences in a very special place. You can also go to www.midwestwomensherbal.com to buy your tickets online. If you register before April 1st, you get the early bird price. And I'm Thistle Pedersen. A big thank you to Linda Conroy for suggesting our crew create this program. Thank you, Linda, for your tireless work to connect women and women's community-building organizations. And I'm Jenna DeQuarto, WLRN's resident sound engineer and producer. The opening song in today's special edition podcast was Dandelion by Heather Maloney. Thanks for tuning in to our special edition. But how will we find out?
dough for the patriarchal kiss.